uh, when you're you you go for your very first run, uh, your your body could care less how far you made it, but it knows it knows exactly how long you went out there and how hard you went. Yes. So, all right, podcast over, and we're done. <laughs> and we're done. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Being slouches. We got a couch, a chair, two coaches. Mm-hmm. We're counting it. Yep. New mics. New, new mics. We're feeling pretty uh, pretty official now. Pretty podcasty. <laughs> I actually feel like a DJ, to be honest. Yeah, total disc jockey. The next song coming up on the playlist. Throwback. Got a face for radio, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, today we are going to talk about should you be training with distance or time? Something we actually get asked a decent amount, Mm -hmm. you know, looking through people's training programs, like, or what they've been doing when they come on as a new client. Uh, You know, that's kind of one of the big things that we've looked at, especially if they've they've found their way into an injury. That's the first thing I'll look for. Um, and most of like your general programs, like the pre-built stuff yeah. will, will follow one of those two, either distance-based or typically time-based. Yeah. So what's best for you will depend on a lot of things and we'll get to it in just a second. I am coach Dale Sanford. I am coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC performance coaching, where we specialize in helping time crunch athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, and all up on Instagram at BPC Performance, and wherever you stream your favorite podcasts, you should be able to find us. Absolutely. Be sure to give us those what thumbs up, likey likeys. Yeah. Subscribes, bells, bing, bing, bing. Virtual high fives, we high call fives. them. Yes. Yep. Any type of rating review, always appreciated. Mm-hmm. If it's and five star. We'll, yeah. Otherwise, you're dead to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, this is m- normally more of a topic of conversation when people are coming into a sport, an endurance sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you, when you're starting out, look, your body, uh, doesn't really know how far you've gone. Uh, when you're, you, you go for your very first run, uh, your, your body could care less how far you made it, but it knows, it knows exactly how long you went out there and how hard you went. Yes. So, all right, podcast's over. And we're done. <laughs> and we're done. Uh, yeah, I think the big thing to yeah. consider here is not all miles are equal. Yep. So depending on your sport, whether it's you know running, cycling, going uphill versus downhill is going to make a pretty big difference. Yeah, so... Into a headwind. Yeah, when you're... Tailwind, big difference. Yeah, every every course brings on different demands, mm-hmm. and that that's the goal of training, right? Your your goal to finish an event is to train as specifically for that event as possible, yep. and that includes the distance you're having to go. Yes, but the terrain is going to be one of the biggest determining factors of 
how long it takes you to cover that distance. So, you know, it just doesn't, in our minds, it doesn't make sense to always just train for, uh, even though your, your event is a specific start and finish distance, mm-hmm. um, that event, like a, a uh, Ironman in, uh, let's say, Utah, and an Ironman in Florida on the same person on the same day with the same fitness going to be two very different times. Exactly. Yep. I mean, it could be a 30 minute to an hour or more swing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and even the same course on different days can end up being sure. a different total duration. Absolutely. So like, you know, the big thing for us is progression, right? So when you're, you take on somebody new or you're trying to help an athlete, uh, be prepared to finish a race, you know, you always have to be conscious of where their starting point is. Mm -hmm. And so, um, obviously if you progress them too quickly, you end up injured too much too soon is not a good thing. Yeah. And so by going by time rather than distance, you are, you are creating a much more predictable progression in training load. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you are, uh, subscribing to time and intensity, versus distance you have a lot more control and essentially it it sort of takes the elements the external conditions out of it so if you're traveling if you're doing a different course if you're doing you know if you're doing something new where maybe it's hillier than it than it was when you were previously training or maybe it's higher altitude or maybe you know there's a lot of external factors maybe it's a lot hotter like that's going to affect your pace like all of that stuff even though intensity may feel higher at higher heat um, if you're just subscribing to pace and distance, for example, um, you're not accounting for those external factors yeah, you, on the body, which you, are stress. You might be prepared to finish the distance, but if all you did was make sure that you could go 13 miles or mm-hmm. whatever, then you're leaving out uh, the fact that you know 13 miles for you running in your your local neighborhood you know, could be two hours. Mm -hmm. And then when you go out to Moab to do your your half marathon, it could be two and a half, you Mm -hmm. know? So, yeah, yeah, you have to... And that's when you're just thinking about the goal event. But um, I think the big thing for us as coaches is we want to make sure you're progressing within a safe manner. Like you're scaling your volume up in a safe manner. And yeah, you can say, okay, you know, this week you know, if it's a cyclist, we're going to have you do a 15 mile bike. And then next week, say we're going to increase that by 10 to 20%. But if you now choose a totally different course, or maybe you go out of town and, you know, for the folks here in Memphis, you know, the green line. So maybe, maybe the 15 miler you did was green line, pancake flat, great day. And then you decide, okay, I'm going to increase my distance that 10%. Uh, so now I'm going to do 16 and a half miles. Uh, well, now you go, okay, well, I'm, I'm heading over to Arkansas on this trip and there's these cool climbs I want to try to do. And so your 15 miles that maybe it took you an hour to do, you're now hitting hills, which are totally different. And uh, you got a headwind. And now that 16.5 miles, which is only 10% longer, is taking you two hours. Yeah. Big difference. 
That's and that's not an in, in in what your body is feeling. Yeah. And that's not an exaggeration of possibilities there. No. I mean, you can go and, you know, like you said, go pancake flat six miles, you know, might take you what? You could take you eighteen minutes and then go climb. Did we switch to uh we're going twenty miles an hour. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, so 20 miles an hour, right? Is that right? That's right, math, <laughs> Six right? Six miles, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 18 minutes. Uh-huh. And then we were just talking about math before this. We were. I should have been a disc jockey. <laughs> Inside joke. Now I have to explain you it. You kind of are. Yeah, so uh, every math class in elementary school when I was in school had the had the poster on the wall saying what jobs required what level of math. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, well, what job does not require any math? And I don't know why they were picking on disc jockeys back Man. in the day, but it was always disc jockey. Was always DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's what I want. Yeah. So you go six miles flat, 18 yeah. minutes or whatever. Yeah. Six miles up. Colbank. Colbank, yeah. Colbank Pass. 45. For all, for all our... Colorado yeah. fans. Yeah, Colbank Pass in Durango. Uh, you know, 45 to an hour plus, you know, you're going up, what's the average, like 8%? It's, yeah, just by about 6%, yeah, at 9,000 feet. I mean... Right. So, two two pretty, like, pretty reasonable uh, examples mm-hmm. on how you going six miles is, or a specific mileage is totally different Mm-hmm. based on terrain and intensity level because going up that that climb when you're hitting those eight to ten percent yeah. pitches you're now forced to put out threshold plus mm-hmm. to keep moving so you don't fall over mm-hmm. or well and then you take altitude as well another external factor right so your your plan may call for six miles uh and and totally different if you're just going mileage based right but if we change that to, or even even if you include intensity into that, if you say six miles and we're going to hit tempo efforts, but that's still a, a difference of 20 minutes and possibly an hour, depending on the fitness level, right? Uh, but if the program then said, in, you know, you're going to do a 45-minute ride, now it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter at, the, at tempo effort. Now you would just turn around before you got to the top of the climb. And if you're on the green line, you're going further. You know, a flat course, you'd end up going further because you're hitting a time standpoint and intensity. It's much more controlled, and it it allows you to not have to necessarily worry about all those external factors that could really change that training stress, which kind of goes back to one of our other podcasts, talking about training stress. Yeah, and so, you know, our our kind of – guideline for progression of of workload Mm because that's kind of how we think about it we're not trying to necessarily progress your distance per se like we're we're going product yeah yeah. like what are you outputting courses it's the byproducts going to be further as you scale but right and so we're trying to progress progress the workload and the workload is a consideration of time Yes. And intensity. Correct. So if we're just going, again, I mean, we're beating this horse pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's a great bit by Nate Pargatze <laughs> about about moving a dead horse. Uh, yeah. Be you the need the first one to get to the horse. Be the first one to get to. Look it so up. we've beaten this horse. Yep. Uh, yeah. So we're we're normally our normal progression is like 20 percent max. You know, for somebody who's been in the sport has been there before, like twenty yeah. percent jump in workload can be safe for for most people who yep. have some chronological chronological training in them. Um, but if you're, you know, if you go from like, let's just say you go from like 10 miles to, you know, a 10% increase is just a mile pretty much. Yeah. So you're going from 10 to 11. Uh, if you run a, you know, 11 minute mile, you're now adding another 11 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, in our, in my head, it's way easier just to not. I'm not doing any more extra math. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say, let's go. You did an hour last week. Let's go an hour and ten. Like <laughs> yeah, let's hour just five hour ten. Yeah. Gradual progression. Yeah, yeah. It just it's just uh, and and that also helps account for the bad days that you may have. So you may 100%. have a bad day, and if you're going strictly mileage based, just a bad day can turn the same distance into totally different stress <laughs> levels, totally different loads, totally different time out there. Like all of that can really get magnified um, just because you're having a bad day. So, uh, but like you were saying, like what's a safe progression. And as a coach, that's kind of what we're always trying to figure out. And there is no set number, but typically you're kind of safe. If you're staying in that 10 to 20% where you're not ramping things more than that, you know, week to week. Um, so that's kind of like the safe level, but us as coaches, if we know the athlete and like Dale said, sure. if they've got a, a history of training, they've got a base that they've built up from previous years. Um, we can get away with doing more than that. Sometimes, um, a big, a big component of that is what's the level of impact of the exercise of the training that you're doing. So ramping up, say duration on the bike, if you're doing endurance work, is less risky than upping the duration on the run, even also like doing endurance work just because the impact on the body is quite a bit more running than it is cycling. So being a little more conservative on the run is typically what we do instead of, uh, and on the bike, you, it's a little more forgiving. Yeah. And I mean, well, intensity, especially on the run is kind of an exponential mm-hmm. load on the body. So yeah, go do some sprints. Yeah. So if you go, even if you're using time, um, mm-hmm. you, you are, you go from an hour easy run to an hour track workout, hugely different load yeah. on the body. So and that's where this X factor is, right? Intensity is that in that that's the X factor in all of this. Yep. Whether you're using distance or you're using time, intensity is the thing you really have to factor in. Um, along with your progression. So you could take same volume. And if you say every run, I'm going to make full gas. That's more than a 10% (laughs) increase in workload. Right. And that's where like the other podcast where we talked about training stress and what training stress really is time and uh, amount of intensity at that time period. Yeah. Yeah. So let's transition a little bit because it's not, we we beat on distance here pretty good, mm-hmm. but it's not, you know, it's not all bad. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not sure. 
not the worst thing you can do. In my opinion, if you are a beginner or like just getting into a sport, now we've had this example a million times. If you are a cyclist getting into running, you need, you need to be careful. And I would highly recommend you progress time versus distance because you got an engine and, but your body is not ready to I, handle the leg. I honestly did that. This is probably eight years ago, seven years ago. It was a while ago where the season ended cross training time, time to do it. going to go for a run. I saw that. Yeah. Saw gonna it go, on your Stravi. Gonna, gonna go run to the trails, <laughs> ran to the trails and I got there. I was like, feeling good out and back. Gonna hit a few miles on the trail too. Ended up being a nine mile run and about mile five, shortly after I turned around to come home, oh my gosh, the wheels fell off. Lungs felt great. Oh yeah. Legs, hip flexors, quads, Lungs for calves, days. Yeah. Blisters, you name it. I was wrecked for days. And ended up with an IT band uh, issue afterwards. So your mind says yes, but your body says... That's a big fat no. No. <laughs> That's a big no. <laughs> yeah, so like you're, you know, you're progressing uh, again from uh, into like a sport that your body is not familiar with. It doesn't matter how many miles or how much duration you've put in on in a different sport. It's mm-hmm. a different demand. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to pull ourselves back here and kind of rethink it and start slow. Yeah, start sure. start yeah. at the start at the bottom. Yep. Um so like with like running like especially we always start people on time but once you get into like things like track workouts, mm-hmm. like that's where people want, they don't want to do, they're on a track. It's a specific distance. Mm-hmm. It's a circle yeah, uh, or oval. It's or whatever controlled, you call it. right? Yeah. So that's like, when can you use distance? When the number of variables are controlled yep. and there's far fewer variables, distance is a-okay. Absolutely. Because now it's controlled. Yeah, we it's know. It's easily scaled. It's we not know like you're flat doing flat to hills. It's not yep. downhills, uh, flat to downhill. It's not tailwind. It's not hit. We're not if you if you aren't accounting for those things, you can you can totally use distance. And to be honest, even when I give somebody a track workout, I still go in and estimate how long it's gonna take them. Yeah. You know, so that I know that I'm not putting uh too much load on them. Mm-hmm. Overall, mm-hmm. like either by number of reps or yep. uh, like combine warm up, cool down reps, all that kind of thing, you know, because it's easy to think, okay, well, they can do 12 reps, 12 400s. That'll probably only take them this long. But depending on how much you want them to warm up and cool down, that, that session can turn into hour and 15 when you think it's only going to be an hour mm-hmm. pretty quickly. So, like, for, for, like you said, controllable uh, scenarios, track, treadmill, uh, you know, pool, swimming, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, open water swimming lends itself more for uh, like time, yep. you know, versus distance. But in the pool, obviously, you have a set distance you're swimming. So, and a very controlled environment. But again, when we set, when we set people's progression in the pool, you know, after a few swims, you kind of know about, 
how fast they're swimming. So now we can estimate how long that is going to take them. Um, so we're still kind of working on time. Um, yeah, as a coach, definitely. Yeah. Cause that's part of like the overall, overall workload for the week, which we're also considering is, is more time-based than it is distance-based, especially when you've got multiple disciplines that you're working with. And then we throw strength training in. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So you start, you start throwing in, uh, you know, if you don't even like, if you're not working with time, what is, what's, what is strength? How do you, how do you add that into the program? How do you quantify it? Yeah. Yeah, Like, we, I mean, we just talked about the, uh, how much training stress strength can put on the body. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't even like consider it in the time that you're spending each week, yeah, like that's that one distance was zero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Zero distance. (laughs) So like on in, for another example of like what, who would be good to use distance again, we kind of go back to those athletes who have a lot of chronological training in their, in their legs, you know, they've, they're not going to a new sport. They're, you know, they may be coming off the off season, that sort of thing. Yeah. More experience. Yeah. Yeah. Or or, they know what three miles feels like. Like they know what three miles is to them. Yeah. And it's just easy, you know, to, in some extent, it's just easier for them mentally. You know, I, you know, this is the big caveat here is that some athletes just do better when you give them mileage. Mm -hmm. Like, they, you know, they, they would rather go out and click off miles and have those as their goals versus starting the clock and watching the clock every, you know, every minute in a workout. Yep. So, you know, sometimes it just works out mentally yourself, better yeah. for, for specific athletes, yep. but those who are, who have been in the sport a long time, you can, you can generally ramp their overall duration back to normal levels pretty quickly. Mm. Um, and so sometimes it's just like, yeah, go run 10 miles. But in the back of my head as a coach, I know, well, that's going to take them like an hour and 15. Yeah. And it, when I'm planning that training, I'm still putting that time into the week. I'm not leaving mm-hmm. it as a 10 mile run with no consideration of time. Correct. And I think, um, you know, all of, all of that said, the biggest issue we have seen with beginners has been not accounting for intensity in the equation. Yep. Um, so like a lot of times beginners and and we see this all the time and I was guilty of it too. When I first got into riding was I had a, a distance I wanted to go, which was 20 miles. And my goal was just to try to do it faster each time (laughs) I went and did it. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I did it this fast the time before. If I've gotten stronger, I should be able to do it a little bit faster this next time and a little bit faster the time after that. So every training session ended up being like kind of hard, but not like super hard. So accounting for intensity, knowing that some days should be harder than other days um, is, is something, regardless of whether you're using time or distance, is something you need to be putting into the equation. Not only varying, but also considering. Because hard 60-minute uh, sessions done every day is going to cook you. 100%. Uh, regardless, or hard 5 miles, or hard 20 miles. Like, whatever whatever metric you're using there, if all you're doing is going hard every time, you're, you're going to get cooked on that. Um, so be considering, or, or take into consideration that for a good training program, you should be adjusting that intensity throughout the week. 
Sure. And let's face it, um, of all the sports that we deal with, running's the, like the troublemaker here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the like swimming and cycling are generally low impact enough that kind of if you screw up a progression of you of can workload, get away with it for longer. Yeah, you can you can screw it up a little bit longer and mm-hmm. probably not have an issue. But with running, like like I my I hope he doesn't listen to this. My neighbor. Uh, my, my neighbor came to me the other day and he was saying that he was having some like knee pain or whatever. And he's like, uh, yeah, man, I just, I went out and I ran three miles and you know, it was no big deal. And then ever since then, my knees have been hurting. I'm like, well, how long, like when was the last time you ran? He's like, well, I'm just getting back into it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Normally, like if somebody's been off running for a long time, like we start them with like 20 minute runs, like tops. Yeah. You know, like when I get back into it, I will do one mile. Yeah. 15. And easy. Yeah. We we generally work them with like 10 to 15 minute, get it to three times a week, Mm. 20 minutes, and then 30 minutes, three times a week. And then then you can start progressing a long run. Like that's kind of our standard progression into running, whether that means you're new to it or, you know, in some cases, some people may end up starting walking, walk running and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. that's why we start with time because like, if I just said, again, go, go for two miles. Well, if you're walk running, you know, that two miles is going to take you however long and then when you start to run a little bit more mm-hmm. it's not going to take you as long but it's it's no like it's going to be higher impact on your body because yeah. you're running more yeah like yeah less recovery for the body well and that's like all of this as coaches um when i first started thinking about this topic it kind of jumped into my mind because i had a, a new athlete who i was talking with and i was like okay what kind of um what's your longest duration uh bike bike ride that you've done and they're like, uh, like how far? I'm like, no, how, how long? Like what was the, the longest duration you actually went out there? Because like, tw- you know, 40 miles for someone who's trained a lot is a lot different than 40 miles who is untrained. So like mileage is not even equal amongst fitness levels. Yeah. So knowing it, it's, but the intensity could be the same. Like hard for him is hard for me on the body. Like just because I may be going faster, for example, like doesn't mean that that's a lot more stress on my body than it would be for him going hard. Um, but 40 miles is certainly a lot different from a time standpoint. So it's a good way for us as coaches to know where we're starting someone when we know how far or not how far, how long they're used to training. Like what is your longest as opposed to what is your farthest? Because you're 20 miles is not equal even amongst people. Yeah. So we've pretty much hit on like how using distance versus time can easily get you overtrained. Mm-hmm. But there's a really good example of how going using distance versus time can really get you undertrained. So, um, you know, in the example where like, around here we don't have a ton of gravel to train on Mm -hmm. and so we get a lot of athletes who want to train for unbound or you know 
these mid south yeah these epic 100 200 mile you know um gravel races and you do majority of your training on the road well if you are if you're going out and you're doing you know you're doing a 100 mile or 120 mile day you know in your training and maybe that let's just say you're pretty fit you know and that that 120 mile day takes you six hours um well 120 miles on gravel it's a different load can easily you know be four hours longer Mm -hmm. you know that sort of thing so you know if that's what you're if that's the way you're training by by distance versus time you're going to be pretty like pretty under trained for you know a hundred mile or 200 mile race if you just if you've only been hitting distance on the road versus distance on the Mm -hmm. uh the type of you know whatever you're going to race on Mm -hmm. you know it's you know it's the same thing for people training for like ultras by distance they're training you know, I actually kind of made this mistake myself when I was training for walking tall 50 K the first time, uh, I did a lot of my training on the treadmill, like, cause I was trying to simulate uphills and stuff, mm-hmm. but I still run a heck of a lot faster on the treadmill oh, than yeah. I do on the trails. Yeah. And so my longest run going into, uh, walking tall was 20 miles. And that took me, I don't know less than three hours on a treadmill Mm -hmm. and I was out there for four and or no five I was out there five and a half hours yeah so you know that's a huge difference yeah so yeah I mean all that to say that training this training distance over time can have both effects it can depending on like the event you're doing it can have you overtrained or it can have you Mm undertrained but the going by time and intensity is the most predictable way to increase workload and simulate demands of that event. Because again, you have a six mile, you have a a six mile climb. Uh That's probably going to take most people. Let's, you know, and this is kind of the beauty of Strava. Like I was just going to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can go and look, it could be a course that you've never done before, but you can go into Strava now and say, okay, well, here's the climb. It's a segment. I can look at it. I can say, okay, who's in my weight class and what kind of times were they doing at, you know, for cyclists at what power level I would be close to. Okay. That, that six miles is 35 minutes. You know, I may have been thinking, oh, it's going to be 25 minutes, but you can kind of look at that and, and better know what duration may end up being based off yeah. off of your metrics and that's how and that's how i've gone and planned a lot of, for a lot of people who are doing ultras and, and gravel events and stuff like that like i'll go and look at like average times mm-hmm. up this yeah. climb yeah what the pro do and, and they're like the- <laughs> yeah and they're like okay well they're like it's just it's a six mile climb yeah. like yeah but it's gonna take you this long or yeah. it could take you this long so we're not going to do six mile uphills. We're going to do this amount of time working on uphill, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to simulate it as best as possible. And I guess the last thing I'll say, I don't know if you've got other stuff to talk about is, um, from a road racing perspective, I'm not, I'm not generally thinking about mileage at all. Like, because I don't know what the pack, well, I, I can have a feeling what the pack's going to do, but if I were to ride a course, um, long road or not long road, uh, crosswinds, the previous crosswinds course is kind of a good example of this. 
flat course pancake foot pancake like 10 foot and that's legit 10 foot per lap um it's 65 miles like if i'm gonna ride 65 miles solo that time's gonna be three over three hours you know 20 mile an hour average say uh in the race it's like 235 240 ride time so like nutrition wise what i'm thinking is okay that's gonna be a two and a half hour two hour and 45 minute race not 60 mile, 65 miles group ride that I usually do at 20 miles an hour, you know, now we're going 25. So knowing that being in a pack is going to totally impact what, what that distance is and what my nutritional demands are going to be during an event. And generally speaking in road racing, when, uh, when people start dropping the hammer, they're not like, well, I'm going to drop it for two miles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only dropping this hammer for two miles. You know, it's, it's, unexpected durations of time, mm-hmm. you know, at intensity. So yeah. again, let's, you know, mm-hmm. this horse is not getting up. It's not. We, we've got pinned. <laughs> so that's we got a vegan killing a horse today. I know it's pretty uh it's pretty short, not to the point. We 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 hammered the point. The point's been but you know that it, it just kind of goes to show like training distance versus time can get you overtrained. It can get you undertrained that working on scale. It doesn't account for variables. Right. Yeah. So kids stick to time. Yep. All right. That's all I got today. Appreciate everyone hanging out, listening, watching. We'll catch you guys next time. Adios. Peace. (laughs) 